To help me explore the issues of financial risk management, and in particular to show how financial risks are managed in the business world, I am delighted to be joined by Neil Henfrey, the Group Treasurer of Boots, the United Kingdom's leading health and beauty retailer, and Paul Outridge, the Head of Treasury at Delarue, the world's largest commercial security printer and papermaker. Managing company risks involves an active relationship with the banking sector. And here to represent that sector, I'm pleased to have Ho Chan of the international banking group ABN AMRO. First, can I turn to you, Neil? What are the financial risks that arise in the business at Boots? Thank you, Martin. We would say there are six main financial risks. First of all, there'd be liquidity risk. Secondly, there'd be counterparty credit risk. This would be particularly with bank counterparties, and also when we've got substantial amounts of funds to deposit. Thirdly, there'd be currency risk, relatively small at Boots, but be primarily around purchasing、uh, goods for Christmas from the Far East, which might be dollar-related, and also sales in our Republic of Ireland stores, which would be euro-related. Fourthly, interest rate risk. This arises from the debt we've got on the balance sheet, about six hundred million, and also at the current time, cash we've got on the balance sheet, about seven hundred million, and making sure there's no interest rate mismatches between the two of them. Fifthly, like any corporate treasurer, there would be operational treasury risk arising from having a small team and needing to ensure there's segregation of duties, such that fraud can't take place. And finally, a large risk for、uh, an organisation like Boots would be pensions risk. Paul, is it the same at Delarue? Yes, that's right. Certainly, I'd agree with Neil on the, the principal areas of financial risk that we also face at Delarue. Although I think the emphasis for us is slightly different. As a major UK exporter, foreign exchange risk is certainly the most significant risk that we face, and managing that is a key part of our treasury operational management. Following on from foreign exchange risk, simply would add that liquidity risk and counterparty and credit risk are also similarly important. Liquidity risk, ensuring that there's sufficient cash available in the right currency in the right time and in the right place, is a key area for all treasuries. With regard to credit risk and counterparty risk, again, we have a surplus of cash on the balance sheet. It's in making sure that the institutions with which we deposit our cash have. Sufficient credit ratings to ensure they will be there tomorrow when we want to receive the cash back. Well, if I can turn to you, risk is the nature of banks' business. So I suspect that your list will contain every financial risk in the financial dictionary.、Uh, yes, I, I imagine that's right. But our, our biggest risk, of course, as, as a bank, is, is credit risk.、Um, if you look at the assets of any bank, the, the biggest category there is, is really the loan portfolio. So when we lend. Money to people, of course, we we have to be reasonably sure that they will be paying us back, and that's where the credit risk comes in. I think the second category, which overlaps partly with Paul and Neil's, is is market risk, what we would call market risk. But perhaps they've separated out slightly into foreign exchange and interest rate, which of course it includes. But then we would also put in equity risk or commodity risk from our trading books and so on. The third category is operational risk, which is increasingly important nowadays with the New regulations coming in Basel too, and and with the rating agency focus on this nowadays, there's much more emphasis on that. Perhaps the fourth one I'll, I'll mention is is one again that overlaps with Paul and Neil, which is liquidity risk and about being able to to fund ourselves and have enough cash to meet our obligations. And just to wrap up on on a few other risks which we face,、uh, these would be legal risk,、uh, reputation risk, and and business risk. 
we, we approach risk in a very different way to corporates. We're really looking at risk as, as an opportunity, an opportunity which, as long as it generates the return which, which is adequate for the capital we're using on this risk, then we probably should be taking it, provided, of course, it doesn't impact our reputation. So, yes, you know, we are in the business of taking on risk rather than necessarily getting rid of all the risk. And sometimes, indeed, we will even take on risk deliberately when we have a particular view of the markets because we feel that's an opportunity to speculate, if you like, and, and make a bit extra money. Of course, it's so difficult nowadays for banks to make money in the traditional lending business. We, we have to supplement it by taking, in a sense, a few more risks in different areas to try to increase our returns. I think there's one other thing that Hobro talked there about banks take views of markets. It would probably be true to say, I think, in the corporate world these days that most corporates do not take any views on markets and therefore you know, you don't get into speculation. Speculation could be that you don't hedge something even mm-hmm. though you've got the exposure. But we tend not to take views on markets and you tend to just hedge irrespective of whether you, you might personally think dollar sterling is going to move in one direction personal feelings don't come into it these days. I guess if you're on the board of Boots, you might find it understandable if you're taking a business decision to launch a product which ends up failing and losing money. But if you lose money on foreign exchange speculation, I think the board members might find that inexplicable. That would be absolutely right, which is why most corporates don't do it these days. Thank you. I want to drill down now to what actually happens when you want to manage those risks. It's one thing to say, OK, I've got foreign exchange risk, I don't like it, I want to get rid of it. I've got interest rate mismatch risk, I'm borrowing floating, I'm lending fixed. What do I do about it? What transactions do I do and how might I use derivatives? Neil, can I turn to you? I think the first one on the funding liquidity is what we do is make sure we've got access to a variety of funding mechanisms. So we have a Euro MTN shelf programme to be able to issue public bonds off. We've got a credit rating from Standard & Poor's and Moody's, again, to be able to, an investment-grade credit rating to be able to issue public bonds. But more importantly, in many ways, is committed financing. So that's having undrawn committed facilities from banks so that you've got the ability at any time to be able to draw down funds on, on the same-day basis in case something happens. And the key thing there, really, is to make sure you fund before you need the money so that you're not kind of held ransom to the markets. And there's quite an important example recently on that, where Philip Green made his phantom bid for Marks & Spencers. All of a sudden, not just Marks & Spencers, but many of the retailers in the UK had a lot of trouble accessing the capital markets because of rumours about could it happen to them as well. So if you had been wanting to go to market at those few months, you wouldn't have been able to. And so that's why you always need your committed financing and things like that to stand behind it. You asked me about derivatives. We do use them for currency. So when we are hedging uh, US dollar imports for Christmas trading, we use straightforward FX forwards and spot deals to hedge those. We've got some interest rate swaps to be able to convert the fixed rate bonds into effectively floating rates, which then the interest rate risk matches off against with the, uh, the cash that we've got. Paul, what's your experience? Our exposures and our risks are much more concentrated on the foreign exchange side and our policy is fairly straightforward for those. We again use plain vanilla forward contracts to hedge our foreign exchange exposures. We do, within the Treasury Department, have the ability to use currency options, for example, should we choose, but in practice it's something that we have not used in the last three or four years. So they are there as an instrument that is available to the Treasury Department if it so chooses, 
But in practice, straightforward forward contracts provide the level of cover that we need for the vast majority of our exposures. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk forward slash use.